So I would like to uh, start the, the course with uh, what you could call initial level of Mahamudra practice. Initial level of Mahamudra practice. So it's not the real Mahamudra practice, but it is an initial level. And I will uh, send you some uh, practice instructions for that. Let's think of uh, mind. So Mahamudra is meditation on the nature of mind. And mind here, almost like the same, I could also use the word consciousness. I could also use the word awareness. Some people differentiate between these through, but three, but uh, so I'm talking about mind, consciousness, awareness. Okay? So let's think about mind, consciousness, awareness as a stream. Try not to localize it in the brain. For us, uh, it happens. We feel we think in the brain. But we feel we think in the brain because we read it in books that we're supposed to think in the brain. So, so we, we try to relax that and, and start afresh. Not knowing not knowing where the experience you have, not knowing where it is. You don't know where it is. At least if you rely on your own introspection. And that's what we rely upon here. We don't rely on any red knowledge. We, we rely on introspection. So, a stream of consciousness. So, you know, like there is stream of consciousness, there, 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 and here is stream of consciousness. In the Buddhist, in the Buddhist uh, view, that stream of consciousness is beginningless. There's not, there's not the first moment of this stream of consciousness, because a stream of consciousness needs to be born from a stream of consciousness. It can't, can, from, from the Buddhist thinking, it can't pop out of matter. So there's matter, and then suddenly matter becomes so complicated, boom, consciousness. Preceding cause for consciousness in Buddhist thought needs to be a moment of consciousness. A moment of consciousness, a moment of consciousness, a moment of consciousness, without ending. So this uh, stream of consciousness has two levels in this model now. The, the, the conditioned level, the relative level, which is called SEM in Tibetan. That's the stream of sense data and what your conceptual mind does with it. That's SEM. And then there is the more subtle level, which is in Tibetan called Rigpa. And that's what we are after in this course. We are after Rigpa. Yeah. There's other words like Ösel, uh, so, but uh, so a very common word is Rigpa. So Rigpa and SEM. Sam is pretty obvious right now for all of us. Rigpa, maybe not so. So now, in the initial uh, practice of Mahamuta, what we do is we, we practice to step out of the stream and look at it instead of looking from it. Yeah? Let's say you experience anxiety. 
What does it mean to look from anxiety is to be in the stream and be identified there, kind of putting your sense of I there and put on the anxiety glasses and look into your life. You look from anxiety. You feel that it is you. Yeah? So, and that is, you look into your future, it's all horrible. You look into your past, it's all horrible. <laughs> and you sitting in Malmö with a breakfast ahead in a safe bed, and you're in hell. Yeah? You happen to be in the best, safest place on this planet. It's not getting better. I mean, this is it. I mean, basically, we made it. We're on the top. Yeah? Everyone wants to live here. 90% of the people on this planet, they all, all want to come to Manu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yet, because we, we step into this stream, we identify with it, and we look from it, and the initial practice of Mahamudra is to step out of the stream and look at it. Mm. So you, you, you cease to make it the subject. I am the scared, fucked up person, broken. Yeah? I am that. So here in the initial practice, you step out of that stream, and we can like think of a stream, yeah? like a stream, water. And you have two options. Either you are in it and swept away, or you step out and you look at it. Obviously, and this is really like baby initial step Mahamuta, obviously that is amazing. I mean, if, if that would be, you know, something we could do every day, I mean, how much more enlightened want to, what you, do you want to become? <laughs> From then on, you will travel light in your life. And, and this, is a, this is a process we can, uh, we can uh, uh, install into our system. It's like an upgrade. <laughs> so we can upgrade the human consciousness into that step. It's, it's not enlightenment, it's not liberation, but it's... It's upgrade. It, it's, <laughs> it's really... An amazing and, and humanity is ready to do that. It, it becomes easier. It seems to be easier. There's more and more people who are able to step out of that drama and see it's an object. It's not the subject. The subject. I am the subject, and this is the object. My anxiety. I am not my anxiety because I'm aware of my anxiety. It's not me. And after some years of practice, you, you should be able to, um, to do that. Sometimes not. You know, when the, sh when the shit really hits the fan, <laughs> then probably you will find yourself kind of slipping back into the stream. But if you manage at one point in your life 
to step out of it every day once, that's a huge difference. Because then, even if you are swept away for a few days, you know, you, know, you recognize it. Well, I'm really in my drama. I'm identified with my drama. I take it serious and personal. It's so important because it happens to me. It's super, it's super dramatic and super, super horrible. And wh why is it happening to me? And how do I get ever out of this? Yeah. So you are, you slip into, but you, something in you s can diagnose it and say, hey, yeah, wow, this is how it feels to be in the stream and look from it. But I just wait a bit. And then, uh, and then I can do some practices which help me again to, to step out. Uh, so, yeah, maybe we just uh, sit quietly for five minutes um, with this. So I will uh, kind of um, point to that possibility. So if you take a few moments again to allow the body to settle, it could be helpful to anchor a bit with the breath, but very lightly, so not like focused meditation, but just appreciating the liveness of the breath coming and going. Maybe you notice a different energy uh, compared to how you arrived here. So what's the in inner weather like? How's your belly? Just noticing in a, in a light way. Possibly relaxing the fascination with the thinking. So kind of give up the thinking a bit. It doesn't stop, but you just try to be interested in present moment awareness. And returning if you get carried away. And then let's use the image of the stream. So there's sensations, and there's thoughts, there's sounds, there's the inner dialogue, there's mental images, the temperature you feel. So there is the stream of your experience. There's a sense of I, so that's all stream of experiences. The sound of the watch, my voice, 
the sensations of the breath. So that is SEM, the condition level of mind. So now imagine you step out of that stream and you look at it. Maybe you want to focus a bit on one part, like the breath, but keep it open. So you notice that whatever you experience, that these are objects of awareness. So the sound of the clock is an object. This voice is an object. Your feelings are an object. Your thoughts are an object. So all that is content, like clouds clouds in the sky. So now imagine, maybe you can do it, kind of to step backward, make a backward, backward step, and you look at the stream without interfering. Just leaving it as it is. You can center yourself a bit if you feel that is helpful with the breath. But then the breath itself is also part of the stream. So you make a backward step. So whatever you experience is object. And notice that this stream is changing and moving all the time. It's a non-static, vibrational, flowing, coming and going, like clouds in the sky. Thoughts are coming and going, feelings, sensations, breath, sounds, mental images. And you try to remain the witness, be the witness, be the witnessing. And if there comes, if there's something coming to the foreground, like confusion or restlessness, then again, that's an object. So you make a backward step and you look at it, not through it. And nothing is excluded. So we're not trying here to feel better or calm down or think less or something. 
You just let the stream do its thing. And you remain to be the witnessing. I gave a talk in Copenhagen where I described this uh, <coughs> practice in much more detail. So if you go to my Facebook uh, profile, you can see it. It was a live stream on Facebook. So it, it, it is there. So if you, if you want to have a bit more instruction on, on this practice of stepping out into what could be called the observer self or the witness, yeah? it's of obviously still a dualistic practice. So it's very provisional, but it has a big uh, potential. That's what like kind of normal uh, mindfulness practice stops, you know, to cultivate that capacity. Yeah. They don't go further, usually. So it's a, it's a dualistic practice, but uh, it, has, it, it has a potential for bringing lightness into your life. What we, of course, in, in, in Mahamudra practice, then we become interested in into the witnessing. What is the witnessing? And so that's what, what then, what, where then Mahamudra practice actually starts, when we turn our awareness to awareness itself. Being aware of being aware. So, the preliminary practices. As I said, this is not like, oh, now I have to do all of this. It's just also to put it a bit into the context. That this, so Mahamudra practice is a life practice. It's not like a hobby. Like, you know, oh, this is an interesting thing. I might try it for a while. This is, you know, this is... Uh, this is this is not a hobby. Yeah. So, the root text uh, talking about preliminaries. So the Panjan Lama writes: In order to have a doorway for entering into the Dharma and a central pillar for the Mahayana. Maybe you don't know this word Mahayana. So one way to categorize the Buddhist teachings is the Shravakayana, Mahayana, and Tantrayana. Yeah? And we are like more in the Tantrayana with these teachings. Yeah? So Maha, great, Yana means vehicle or something. Uh, so the, the kind of the essence of the Mahayana tradition is Bodhicitta, yeah? the awakened heart. So as long as you do any kind of practice with the intention to feel more comfortable, it's, you have not started to practice. You do, you do just what everyone else does, trying to feel a little better. And since antidepressiva that don't work so much, then I try meditation or something like that. Or I try yoga. 
And that's appropriate, of course. I'm not saying, you know, we, we shouldn't try that. But that's not spiritual practice from, from, from this point of view. So in the Mahayana, spiritual practice starts when we want to awaken to the source of love and wisdom within us for the benefit of all. It's not a practice of removing yourself from, from humanity. It's a practice of becoming a servant for humanity, a servant of this planet, because it's you. It's not like serving... See you next time. Yes. It's, it's not like serving, uh, serving, wow, I'm a servant, you know. It's a servant because it's you. You serve what is you. That's the most natural thing. It's not something to be proud of. Yeah? It's just what you do. This is your body. And these people are your limbs. This planet is your body. So that's bodhicitta. So it's it's coming from uh, from uh, from from a deep yearning uh, to stop to add to the violence in this world and to help whenever it is possible. Yeah. So that's the doorway for the Mahayana, bodhicitta. Yeah, and I'm happy that some of you we, we did the Shenrezig practice for a year here in Malmö. So that's, that, that's like uh, the exploration of, of, the, of, the, of, of, the, of bodhicitta, the awakened heart. Bodhi, awakening, citta, the heart mind, the awakened heart. So to have a doorway for entering into the Dharma, sincerely, sincerely, Go for refuge and generate bodhicitta. So go for refuge, better translation for that is going into a safe direction. And that is a move away from what does not work for you, a move from that which imprisons you, a movement away from that which keeps you away from singing your song and sharing your gift to this earth to what you're really here to, to do. Wh what you're really here for to do. That's a safe direction. To sing your song. To give your gift. To start to shine. So that's the direction we go. And this is like 24-7. It's not like a little meditation in the evening or something like that. It's 24-7. It becomes the undercurrent in whatever you do, including watching Netflix, including going to a party. Usually when you go to the parties, what about me, what about me, where if you are like a hunter for the opposite sex, you know, that's why you go for the party. Uh, here as a, as a practice, practitioner of bodhicitta, and these practitioners are called bodhisattvas, you go to the party for the benefit of your own health, 
Why do you want to be healthy? Why do you want to be more joyful? Because you want to serve. So here now it would be good to, uh, if you all would have done the last course I did, and that was uh, radical acceptance. Yes, some of you uh, did that, yeah? Because that's very important to see the, the connection between self-care and self-acceptance and uh, a, a healthy dignity, a healthy pride in who you are and where you are in your life. It, so that's crucial for you know, genuine bodhicitta to arise. So it's not like serving others and burning out. That's stupid. Or uh, becoming paralyzed through despair because we're destroying this planet. That's not bodhicitta. That's stupid. You, you don't add to the solution. You become part of the problem because you are destroyed. So this uh, self-acceptance is really important to, for us Westerners uh, to, to come into a healthy bodhicitta practice. So that's go for refuge and generate bodhicitta. So then there are um, kind of uh, four kind of preliminary practices, the um, traditional preliminary practice, and sometimes when you uh, take, when you, d when you receive Mahamudra teachings, you are actually supposed to have done these in certain numbers. Yeah? Uh, so, but uh, th it's not necessary, but uh, that's kind of sometimes a prerequisite. You know? If you go to a point in out instruction, the Lama says, you know, first do your 100,000 of this, 100,000 of that. Yeah? So it's one way. It's not so, in the Galuk tradition, they, they, you, you kind of do it parallel. Yeah? You, you receive the teachings on Tantra and Mahamudra, and you do your preliminaries at the same time. So these are refuge and bodhicitta. And those of you who are not familiar with these two terms, I will send some information so that you can have some idea of what we are talking about when we talk about bodhicitta and refuge. So the second practice is vajrasattva practice. And you know, we had a vajrasattva course. Yeah? And some of you did that. So vajrasattva practice is a practice of healing. And for many of us, instead of doing some strange tantric practice, a better way is to, to do psychotherapy and body work. Because in a, I mean, probably you will never get into healing everything, yeah? But more, more healing has happened in your life, less inner tension is there. And it's that tension of inner conflicts which sucks your life's energy and your clarity and your presence. So more, more healing has happened, and Vajrasattva practices a traditional way, a traditional healing practice of past things, of trauma, of things where you are addicted, and so on and so on, with things you need to forgive. So, and, and that practice helps you to, to just be more settled. And so there's more space and more r radiant presence available f uh, in meditation. So uh, that's a kind of it's like cleaning the field. 
Yeah? So it's cleaning the field, the cleaning the field of your mind. Not, not aspiring to do the whole work, because, uh, yeah, but as much as we can. The, the third practice is ca called mandala offering. So, manda so healing, like removing the, the, the making the field uh, available for the seeds of Mahamudra by removing or healing. Yeah? And the other thing is uh, what traditionally it's called accumulating merit. So accumulating merit means to increase your vitality through joy. Go dancing. Familiarize yourself with the joy. What brings joy and vitality in your life? And uh, one thing which brings joy and vitality in our life, and this is just in our genes, is generosity. cooking a meal for your friends, sharing your resources with others. We are just made like that. It's joyful and it's meaningful immediately. So if you become a more generous person, you increase your vitality. You, cre you create, you increase what is called your positive potential. So not only you clean and heal, but you also fertilize the field. And you fertilize the field through joy. Of course, it's also nice to be joyful. <laughs> That's a side effect. Uh, that is nice, yeah, to, to, <laughs> to have joy. Yeah? Um, but here, uh, that's not why we do it. Uh, with bodhicitta, you do it because you, you understand that a joyful mind is easier to work with. So whatever makes, whatever, I mean, we are all different. Yeah? So for some it's going for a walk with your dog, or you know, some, some needs need, need to be a bit more wild. Yeah? So, so uh, be a joy de detective in your life. And, and when there's joy, pause. Soak it in. Cooking, eating, dancing, touching. Yeah. So mandala offering is a practice of uh, using the joy of generosity. And in, in, the, in the ritual of mandala, of mandala offering, you actually offer everything. You kind of, you, you know, your house, your everything. Everything is offered. You put down the burden. It's not yours anymore. You use it still for the benefit of all, including yourself, but it's not mine anymore because you have offered it. Yeah. And then the fourth is uh, Guru Yoga. Yeah. So, uh, and I talked a bit about that. So when we use the word Guru, Yes, there is the outer guru, but the outer guru is the reflection of the inner guru. And what is the inner guru? Rikpa, Buddha nature. That's the inner guru. 
So you empower someone, you consciously choose someone, and that could be your dog. It's not advisable, but uh, it can be any person, yeah? Because, because any person has Buddha nature. So when you take refuge to an outside guru, you don't take refuge in the conditioned being. And then you are utterly disappointed because he is not perfect. You are not interested in that. What you are interested in is that you choose a person where you see the essential purity because you want to come in contact with your essential purity. It's not worshipping a person. That would be unhealthy uh, uh, guru devotion. You, you, you become smaller and smaller and stay the little screwed up student for the rest of your life. So that's guru yoga. And in the Tibetan tradition, um, they really emphasize that that kind of relationship to a person um, fast forward the process. Yeah. It's fast forwarding, for forwarding the process. So then uh, there is just a few words about another kind of preliminary and that is what is called renunciation. That doesn't sound so attractive, but it's a, it's a mistaken translation also. Renunciation sounds some, somehow to give up something, like to give up the nice things in life and become like uh, an as ascetic, 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 ascetic uh, person. <coughs> so that, that's not what it means. So renunciation means to see directly that nothing in your experience will fulfill you. No thought, no experience, no relationship, no job, no spiritual experiences will fulfill you. And you need to see that directly. You give up. You give up to try to squeeze contentment or fulfillment out of something where it isn't. That is that is a big thing. Because if you look at your life, 90% of the time, 59% of the time, we're trying exactly that. And nothing works. And, you know, uh, some, some of you are more on the younger side, you know. But if you, no, if you are above 40, I mean, you should have realized that. That moving to Stockholm, moving to Malmö, marrying that person, marrying that person, you know, getting divorced, having children, not having children, waiting for the grandchildren, all of that is fine. Yeah? But it's not, it will never satisfy your thirst. There will be always the next. There will be always the next experience. The next the next mirage. It's like running through the desert, being really thirsty, and then there's a mirage, and then you run. Yeah? 
the holiday to Mallorca. Yeah? And once you're there, it also sucks. <laughs> Mallorca also sucks. Shit. Yeah, but then you already have Thailand. Yeah? <laughs> Thailand will make it. It's so exhausting. So, turning to that which is really the water of life, understanding what the water of life is, understanding what is really, what, what has really the potential to quench the thirst, the discontent, to, to, uh, to heal the discontent, this constant restlessness, feeling there's something in the future I need to be whole. Yeah? And that is going on forever. You will never get there. Because what you're seeking is already available for free in this moment. And it's too simple and too close. And the seeking and hoping that there's something you need to do or you need to have is covering up the wholeness and the contentment and the peace of this moment. And seeing that and shifting, you know, shifting to, to that, that is renunciation. So the renunciation part is seeing that and kind of being, being disenchanted. disenchanted and then moving towards Rikpa that is refuge so there's renunciation moving away and moving towards that's taking refuge going into a safe direction Then you become a practitioner. Before it's like you know, playing around and still hoping in Stockholm it's nicer. And once you get to Stockholm, you will be happy. Or whatever. I don't know where people want to move. Maybe not to Barcelona. And, and uh, so a lot of the preliminary teachings in the Gluck tradition, they're called Lam Rim, the gradual awakening teachings. They are about <coughs> starting to experience this. Yeah. Kind of getting the information and getting the reflections uh, to make this not just an intellectual thing, but actually an ex experiential thing. Okay, so that's what I want to say about the preliminaries. I mean, I could now talk, come for two, for two years and just talk about this. Yeah? So, and then I would feel I have covered it. Yeah. But uh, so that's, uh, I don't want to talk more about that part. Probably we will kind of get back into it. But anyway. I mean, with some of you, I might have more, mm -hmm. 10 years more. 
uh, we don't know. <laughs> but uh, so, of course, we will go back to this uh, fund fundamental teachings again and again. Okay, so um, if you are n if you have not received the email I sent out, then there's then it's very possible that it ended up into the into your spam folder because I send it over a mailing list and some spam folders are very strict. Yeah? It depends on how you configure it. So you look into, but I will send this root text, I will send it out again because there were some people who just signed up. There was someone signed up today. Is she here? Ah, you. Okay, what's your name? Okay, so I will put you onto the mailing list and then uh, I will send, um, send it out again the next days. And then I will send uh, out some links to some additional teachings, but you know that's optional. It's just for those people who have time and interest uh, to kind of go uh, go into some of the more fundamental uh, teachings. And then uh, uh, next time we will go into the into the description of. Uh, the Sutra Mahamudra practice. Yeah, so may this evening for all of us be a cause to realize Mahamudra in this life, which is definitely, I mean, we are so close. So close. I mean, the, the bullet has already hit the paper. Yeah. So it just needs a little, a little, uh, a little push. We, we are, uh, we are really ready, and it's the only hope. Because if we keep on being self-centered vampires, then there's no hope for humanity on this planet. So humanity needs to have a shift of, of consciousness. And we have to be part of that. Yeah. And Mahamudra is not the only, the only so if this kind of Tibetan Baroque full-blown stuff doesn't speak to you, then go to Sen. There's only one stone Buddha in the room. So <laughs> I mean, this is very <laughs> Swedish modest. Yeah? Usually it's, it's uh, 